I search the world. And I search the world. But he couldn't fill me. And man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along Put me back together And every desire is now satisfied Here in your love Let's sing, oh, there's nothing Oh, there's nothing Better than you There's nothing Show you 
Y'all can have a seat just for a minute. Take a seat for a second. How about that? Those honey butter chicken biscuits. Okay, come on. Hey, if you didn't get one, I may have ordered about 100 too many. So when Garland's teaching tonight, feel free to sneak out like you usually do and grab one or get one after. My car smells, and so don't let that be go to waste, okay, please. We're also going to have some Burtons here after the service because Fellowship College cares about your health, and so we've got it all for you. So we want to celebrate tonight. Hey, I did this a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to do it again. Raise a hand. How many of you are going to be here even for a little bit this summer? Even for a couple weeks? Raise your hand. You're going to be here this summer. Okay, good, good. If you have not done so already, you have to sign up for the 412 Institute. It's, it's my favorite thing we do all year long. We kind of take what we do here Sunday nights. We take what we do in small groups during the week, and we kind of all put it together. About 50 to 100 of y'all will be in a room. We're going to study through the book of Romans together, verse by verse. We're going to see how do we actually live this out? How do we apply it to our lives? And we're going to do it in a room with a community that you might not have had before. And so please sign up. It's going to be so fun. It's 50 bucks. And so before you see that and say, like, I'm not going to do that, 50 bucks covers a t-shirt and like eight meals. And so it's well worth it. Please sign up. If you need me to sponsor you, I can't do that. I'm poor, but somebody will. Okay, so please sign up. Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to continue to celebrate and worship together tonight. So let's pray. Father, we just, we love you. Lord, we thank you for, for your love for us as well. God, I pray that tonight it wouldn't be about us. It wouldn't be about words that we're singing. It wouldn't be about things that, that we see on a screen or in a book that we've seen thousands of times, but it would be about you. Lord, would we be able to just celebrate what you've done in, in our lives? We would be able to celebrate what you're doing in this city, on this campus, in this world, and we just see you maybe in a whole new light tonight. So would tonight just continually be about how great you are. And so we love you, we need you, and pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.
We stand here this evening in awe of your wonder, your power, your might, your beauty. God, you are all things that we cannot even comprehend. And so God, we submit to you this evening because you're incomprehensible to us. And yet you still loved us so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us on a cross, to be raised three days later, to conquer sin, to conquer death, so that we might have hope of eternity with you, an inconceivable God. God, we're humbled in your presence this evening. We pray that that would stir our affections to you, that we would respond appropriately in worship and in praise to the Almighty King. So, Father, we love you as you continue to move in this place and we continue to worship you. It's in your son's name. Amen. Amen. You may grab a seat. Uh, man, that was awesome. Give them a hand. Like, that's it's awesome. Get to celebrate with you guys tonight. Um, I'm Garland. If uh, this is your first time, welcome. So glad you're here. Uh, for many of you, it's finals week. Who's excited? How many of you have zero finals? How many have more than three finals? I'm really sorry. Yeah, that stinks for you. Um, it's finals week, and uh, we're, just, we're just so glad as the summer hits, and for many of you, that means you might be going home, you may be going to serve somewhere at a camp, or you may be going down to the beach, or you have summer plans ahead of you. Maybe you're going to be here, you got an internship. Some of you, you're, you're leaving college, and it's over for you, and this is kind of your last week. We're just glad that tonight, like you came and, and decided to celebrate with us uh, tonight. And so welcome, glad that you're here. I'm going to go really short tonight because I want to keep doing this because uh, it's what I want to do and I need it. But here's what, here's what I was thinking about the other day. I was thinking about the sheer amount of occasions that we have in our culture where we're supposed to, we're called to to stop and reflect and be appreciative or to be grateful for either different things or different people in our lives. Like today's Mother's Day. How many of you called your mom today? Okay, called mom. Okay, uh, you need to do that if you haven't yet. It's Mother's Day. So uh, if, if you can, uh, call her. And um, what is Mother's Day? It's a, it's a day when we're supposed to pause and reflect and appreciate all that moms do uh, for their kids. And we have lots of these kinds of occasions in, in our culture. We have Memorial Day. We've got uh, the 4th of July. We have uh, the days that we're supposed to pause, like Thanksgiving and literally a day carved out where we're supposed to just refrain from doing what we normally do, normally do and just take inventory and be grateful. That's the, what the day's designed for. And if you think about it, Gratitude, like pausing and, and hitting time out and taking an assessment of all the things that we have to be grateful for, all the reasons why we can say thank you, whether it's to a person or if you're a Christian, whether that's to the Lord, it's a really important thing. Like it's a necessary thing for us. Why is it important? If you think about it, for most of us, so often the fears or the anxieties or the worries, or the disappointments, or the failures, they can seem to take center stage in the focus of our mind. If you're like me, oftentimes what I end up thinking more about than anything else are the hard things, or the things that make me feel anxious, or the failures, or the misses. And I can stir on them, and I can just be almost obsess on them, or the worries that you have coming up. For many of you, it's the finals that you have this week. 
But taking a moment to stop and to remember the little things and the big things that we have just to be thankful for, that we have to say, man, that's a good thing in, in my life, a good thing that the Lord has brought into my life. I can remember for me, uh, this was several years ago, uh, I used to be on the student ministry team here at Fellowship, and we were leading a group of students to Memphis, and we, were, we had about 150 students there. And as we went over, it was a spring break trip, as we went over to Memphis, uh, my grandfather passed away like the Sunday of that trip, and they told us that the funeral was going to be during this trip. And I was leading all these students, and I knew I was going to have to leave all the students to go to this funeral. And so uh, I'm, I'm in Memphis, and I've got to trek my way down. Most of my family all comes from Mena, Arkansas. Mena? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah, it's a beautiful place, Mena, Arkansas. So I'm driving from Memphis, top right corner of our state, to Mena, bottom left corner of our state. And I was in, I had to borrow an old car from somebody and the radio didn't really work. And so I'm just, I have this like three and a half, four hour drive through the state of Arkansas. And I've got a funeral that I'm gonna go to. It's my grandfather. I've got, my family's gonna be down there. And you know, when you get with family, sometimes that can be difficult. There can be uh, things that happen there. And I had things going on in my life, my own personal life. And I had all these things kind of staring me down, but I had this three-hour drive. And I'll never forget it. I, I got somewhere between Memphis and Little Rock, which is like the worst road in the world. And I'm right in that area with all the semi-trucks. And for some reason, I just began to just kind of, it was a beautiful March day. And I just began to just think about all the, the, the ways that the Lord has been really good in small ways and really big ways in my life. And for like an hour and a half, I just started just thinking about this. You know what happened? All of the kind of the anxiety of what I was staring down at the funeral and in, down in Mina, it began to, it didn't go away, but I had a different outlook on it and a different perspective on it because I just paused. And for whatever reason, in that car that day with no radio, I just was really overwhelmed with like, God, you're just really good. And I forget all the ways that you've been good to me. If you have your Bibles, open with me. We're gonna spend like five minutes, that's all we're gonna do. Uh, Open them with me or go to Google, whatever you've got, your Bible app. Go to Hebrews, it's a New Testament book towards the end. And what we're gonna see in Hebrews 13, as as this letter comes to a close, the author of Hebrews is writing to a group of Christians who find themselves in difficult circumstances. They're in the Roman Empire, it's now become dangerous and difficult to be a Jesus follower. And the, the, the letter to the Hebrews is explaining why Jesus is worth it. Some of the lyrics we just sang even. And as, we, as the letter concludes, the, the author makes this little command to the, the church that's gathered there in Rome. He says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. He says, What does that look like? Well, it's the fruit of lips that openly, that publicly profess his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Let us continually be offering a sacrifice of praise, continually be thankful for what God has done. Now, the verse itself is cool. Like, I think that's cool. But the author of the Hebrews has something way cooler in mind, when he's noticed the repetition of sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise, and with such sacrifices, God is pleased. The author of the Hebrews has a very specific thing in mind. And to understand it, we've got to go to Leviticus. So turn to Leviticus. Go all the way back to Leviticus chapter 7, our final Sunday night of the semester, and we're going to Leviticus of all places. So turn there, and let's take a look. Here's what the author of the Hebrews has in mind. Leviticus is a manual. It's a set of regulations 
given to a people that God has called to be a special nation, a nation set apart that they might make God look awesome in their world. And there's a whole bunch of things in Leviticus of how they can do that, how they can look different than all the other nations around so that other nations will go, there's no God like their God. That's what Leviticus is designed to do. And it begins with a series of sacrifices that the Jewish people were called to offer. Bunch of them, sin offering, guilt offering. And in the course of all of this, one of these sacrifices that the, the Jews were called to make is called here the fellowship offering. It's, of, it's oftentimes called the praise offering or the thanksgiving offering. And there's different kinds of this sacrifice that they could make. And here's the regulations for it. You can see it, Leviticus 7. Here are the regulations for the fellowship offering that anyone might present to the Lord. Now, if they are making the fellowship offering as an expression of thankfulness, now, right there in the law, right there in Leviticus, there's a series of commands. You could say, I've, got, I've given a, an ellipsis at the end because it's going to go on and on and on about the way that you would make this Thanksgiving offering. Right there in the book of Leviticus, for this ancient people, God calls them to have moments where they pause and just tell of the Lord's faithfulness. Just stop and tell why you're thankful to the Lord. And notice what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to come up to the tabernacle, later it'll be the temple, and they're supposed to bring their offering. It could be bread or oil or an animal. And then they present their offering there. And as they present it, they share publicly. This is why I'm thanking the Lord. And we can see examples of this all over the Old Testament, people doing this. They present the offering, and then they tell publicly what they're thankful for. And here's the best part of this, this particular sacrifice. Whatever they bring, it has to be eaten by sundown that day. So if it's an animal, that has to be consumed. What that literally is, is they're inviting people to a barbecue. They're inviting people to celebrate with them. I'm offering this animal, and then we're going we're gonna to grill the animal, and we're going to eat it together in celebration of what God has done. There's three aspects of this offering that they were called to do. They were called to make this offering publicly. They were called to offer something that was costly to them. They bring something to the table, and they were called to do it regularly. And we're going to see the nation of Israel will be given a calendar that they mark their year by, and that calendar is it's reserved to remember the ways that God had been faithful to them. But if you've ever read the Old Testament, what we see when we read the Old Testament is like page after page after page after page, is that the nation of Israel sucked in remembering their God. Like, just go read it. Like over and over again, they just fail to remember his faithfulness. They get filled with fear and worry and anxiety. They, instead of running to the Lord, they run to the nations around them. They chase the idols of the nations around them and forget that their God has given them everything that they need. But God did not give up on them. And as the story of scripture unfolds, God sends Jesus into the world that he might make Israel right with him and through them might then bless the whole world. Now, I want you to notice, this sacrifice was done at a building, and you did it on occasion. When you had something to be thankful for, then you'd bring your offering. It was in a building, and it was on an occasion, only when you could find something to be thankful for. Notice what the author of the Hebrews says, though. He says, through Jesus, because of what Jesus has done, now we don't have to go to a tabernacle, we don't have to go to a temple, we don't have to bring an animal, and we don't have to do it just on occasion. He says, our lives should now be marked 
continually as a continuous offer of praise to the Lord. Just because of what Jesus has done, we're overwhelmed with thank you. I can't believe that I am a son or a daughter of the Most High God. Are you serious? And for all the big things and for all the small things in life, we are continually offering a sacrifice of praise. A.W. Tozier says this. He says, gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God. And it is one that the poorest of us can make and be not poorer, but richer for having made it. And we can do this continuously. Or as Tim Keller says, it, he says, it's one thing to be grateful, but it's another to give thanks. Gratitude is what you feel, but thanksgiving is what you do. Here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to give thanks. Really pretty simple. We're going to do so in a couple different ways. Uh, we're going to have some of you guys just come up here and share stories and be thankful of how the Lord's worked in, in your life. We're going we're gonna to sing our thanksgiving to Jesus tonight, and we've already done so. And we're going we're gonna to tell publicly as we declare the words that we're going to sing tonight, he is good, and he is worthy, and he is, is amazing for us and to us. That's our goal for tonight. That's all we're going to do. Then we're going to wash it all down with some Burton's ice cream, all right? That's what we're doing tonight. We're just going to pause and before we hit this week and before we hit the summer, for, for, for many of you, I know this can be a, a strange week and a strange season, we're going to pause and we're just going to give thanks. We're going to tell stories of how God's been good, continuously offering a sacrifice of praise. So where's my, y'all ready? Yeah. All right, give them a hand. Isla and Abby coming up here. I'm sitting down. Hi, friends. Um, like Garland said, we are just going to reflect on what the Lord has done this year. And so with us tonight, we have Abby. Abby is a student here at U of A, and she's just going to share a little bit about herself. Hey, um, my name's Abby. Um, I'm excited to share about what God and what fellowship has done in my life. Um, I did not grow up in a Christian household. Um, while both my parents identified as Christians, um, through the brokenness and dysfunction of my family, I did not have knowledge or examples of Christ in my life. And so coming to school and investing in fellowship, but more importantly, fellowship investing in me, I had some really life-changing and life-giving experiences um, that I'm just so grateful for. Um, and I also met just the most incredible people. And especially with this last year, they have been there making sure I was never alone and fully supported. Yeah. Abby, what has this last year looked like for you? Great question. Um, this year has been filled with some of the most amazing people and moments and experiences um, of my life. But simultaneously, it's been filled with a lot of grief and what feels like a lot of hardship. Um, starting in October, my dad, who struggles with severe mental health, um, was at a point of suicidal ideation and ultimately attempts and found himself in the hospital for multiple stays. And that resulted in me going home and having to make the decision to admit him into a mental health care facility, which he was there for about four months. And then two weeks after he got home, I found him unconscious and responsive on our living room floor. And I had to call 911, admit CPR. And fortunately, he's okay, but it was really scary. And then in February, my mom, who struggles with um, alcoholism my whole entire life, um, died in February um, due to liver failure of her alcoholism. And so what's really interesting about all of this, though, is that this all started happening 
the week after I was baptized, and that just parallels Jesus' baptism and him going to the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted and to tested. And I just saw like the enemy trying to attack my life. But to me, it just showed that like what Jesus' life and resurrection means for me, the hope of Jesus. Um, and I'm just, and so I'm just so grateful for that. Um, and I got through that year. And while it was the most traumatic year of my life, um, it was not the hardest. And it's because of the hope of Jesus in my life. Um, but it's also because through that, I never had to walk alone and I was fully supported and fully loved the whole time. So what a gift that is. Um, And then Abby, what has community looked like for you this last year? I survived this year because of community. Um, I didn't have the choice to walk through it alone. Um, Instantaneously, my people surrounded me with so much love and I was just never alone Um, from meeting my best friend, Helen, at 412 this summer, you and the college team getting to know me um, and being able to disciple um, Lucy and Abby. I saw the Lord so presently in my life at every moment. Um, There was one ministry that really provided a space of healing and safety and comfort, which was Celebrate Recovery. Um, For those of y'all don't know, Celebrate Recovery is a program to work through your hurts, habits, and hangups. And I started going to serve in the landing, which is middle schoolers and high schoolers, um, which if y'all are interested in serving, let me know. Um, Y'all know, um, it's such a blessing in my life. But I went to CR to just start serving initially. And then I just started walking my own recovery and dealing with the fact that I am a child alcoholic and there's so much family dysfunction and I have idols and I have grief and I've hurt people. Um, And I invested in a step study and I just invested in that community And it just showed these pockets that the Lord had provided in the most perfect timing that were sources of joy and friendship and accountability and vulnerability in my life. And they met me exactly where I was. And they are still here with me as I'm processing this grief and this loss and this hurt as it feels like this last year has just been challenge after challenge. And CR is just a space and it's a ministry and it's people who welcomed me broken and they created a space to process this hurt and this tremendous grief and to lay that at the cross, welcoming me with open arms and to refine hope and healing in Jesus and remind that like my identity and my value is not in the pain that's been caused to me and the pain that I've caused others. And it's also been a space to walk in so much gratitude what God has done in my life. Like, I don't have the words to explain like how faithful God has been this last year. Like the fact that there was financial freedom to provide care for my family, the mercy he showed in the death of my mom, the perfect timing and the perfect people. And the fact that like through all of this, through what feels like challenge after challenge, my heart was not hardened. Um, And that's because of the hope of Jesus Christ. And so, I've been where y'all have been, like someone who's been at CR and being like, come to CR. And I remember sitting here and just being like, my struggles are not applicable. They're either too small, they're too big, or there just really is no hope. Um, And that's a lie, that's just a lie. Um, And whatever you're walking through, whether that is grief, anxiety, you have a loved one with addiction, maybe you're struggling with addiction, um, loneliness, self-image, anxiety, depression, There is a place for you to walk through that Friday night and I found it. Um, 
And, um, and I just, I found it there. So if y'all have any questions about CR, please let me know. Um, I experienced so much life change and so much hope and I get to stand up here with joy and vulnerability and love in my life because of the people that showed up for me there. So to answer your question, what my community looks like, what this year looks like, um, I have walked it with the Lord and I've walked it in recovery and I've walked it with people who love me so deeply. And so I just recommend, I encourage y'all to invest in fellowship, invest in this place and Invest in what God's doing in your life. Allow Him to enter the space, every choice, every decision, every thought. Because when I did that, it was life-changing. It provided me hope and healing. And I am blessed and I'm better because of it. And so I appreciate y'all letting me share with y'all. Again, if y'all have any questions or wanna talk after, I'll be here. But I appreciate y'all talking. And Ali, it's been a joy, so thank you. Thank you, Abby. Um, It's just been incredible to see what the Lord is doing in your life. Um, Friends, if y'all would stand with me and we can continue to worship.
Hi guys, I am Kennedy, and I just get to introduce Erica to y'all. And just like Abby, oh yeah, y'all can take a seat. <laughs> um, but just like Abby, Erica is just gonna walk through a little bit of what life the last 12 months has looked like and the ways that she has just seen the Lord work and move in her life in a season of lots of loneliness. Oh, oh gosh. Um, like Kennedy said, my name's Erica. Um, stage fright's real. Um, it's a thing. <laughs> Um, uh, let's see. So, um, I'm a freshman at University of Arkansas, and I've always grown up in the church, in fellowship. Um, and my whole life, I thought going to church and doing Christian things, bring these stand closer, um, meant I had a relationship with Jesus, but in reality, I've never known what a relationship with Jesus really looks like. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Um, so last year, I took a gap year at Timberline Bible School, where we focused on <laughs> um, where we focused on community identity and ministry, and it was an absolute incredible experience. Um, but even then, I didn't feel like I had a relationship with God. Um, leaving Timberline was really hard for me because pursuing Jesus is a lot easier when you're surrounded by like-minded people every day. Um, and then going into summer, um, I found the world, but not only finding it, living in it. And it did not fulfill me, and it left me broken, and now even more in need of a savior. Um, I came into the first semester of freshman year and was surrounded by people, but have never felt more alone. Loneliness and finding security in people, friendships, and family has always followed me in my life, now realizing that that has affected my relationship with Jesus. Um, if you're in college, which most of you are, probably all of you, actually. <laughs> uh, um, you know your car is one of the safest places to talk to Jesus. And in this one of many Jesus car talks, um, he really opened my eyes about being lonely. It was this moment of admitting that I am lonely, but I'm not alone. In this season of loneliness, I get to grow and understand what it truly looks like to have a relationship with him and know who he is and who I am in him. Um, in Mark, it talks about how Jesus went into the wilderness um, to be with God, and the wilderness is a place away from the world, away from society, and a place to rest in the nearness of God, and that's what my life looked like. Um, and yes, loneliness was extremely hard, but um, how beautiful it was to be so near to God every day and see his rich personality. I'd finally known what a relationship with him really looks like. Um, a feeling to know God is like no other. Um, and then second semester came, and I got the privilege to see God work and provide in my life, people and friendships and roommates and family and everything I needed, and how extraordinary that the God of the universe knows me, knows my heart, he knows his perfect timing, and he wants to know me, and he's such such a provider. So if you're in this... Uh, if you're in this season of loneliness, remember he's there, remember he's working. He's excited to celebrate his timing with you and being lonely does not mean you're alone. That's it. All right, guys, you can go ahead and stand now and let's worship the same God that Erica just talked about. I hear the Savior say,
have a seat. Y'all can take a seat. We're gonna continue celebrating what the Lord is doing through our very own Graham Peterson. Give it up for Graham. Um, growing up, there are a couple things that I was told to stay away um, from, like riding in. One of those was riding a motorcycle, and another one of those was riding in a small plane. Well, a few weeks ago, one of my good friends, David, uh, asked me to go flying with him, and I said yes. And so um, I remember sitting in this plane and watching him do this inspection and going through all this protocol, and he gets in this plane and he hands me this headset. This is like a two-person propeller plane, and he says, you're the co-pilot. And I'm thinking, this surely is illegal or something like that, but I have no idea. Um, and so we get up in the plane, we're in the air, and... Um, once we, once we kind of are in the, in, the, in the air for a few minutes, he starts telling me this emergency protocol. And he says, Graham, if I pass out, you're going to press this button, and it's going to uh, connect you with Intercom, and they're going to tell you how to land this plane. And I'm thinking, there's no way our lives will depend on me flying a plane because um, I'll crash this thing. Um, and so um, when we're like about halfway through our flight, uh, he asks me, do you want to have control over the plane? Do you want to fly it? And I think for a second, and I say, yes, of course, why not? I mean, I'd love to be able to say I flew a plane. And so um, the moment he gives me control over this plane, we have a very quick initial descent. And so, I mean, this thing starts going about like 60 degrees to the right, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we're going to die. And uh, flying a plane is not like driving a car. I mean, that's what I learned real quick. But um, as I reflect on my time in college and something I've seen from the Lord, so often I feel like we're in those situations where we want to grasp this wheel. We want to we have control. We want to hold over, tightly over the things that um, God is allowing to happen in our lives. Um, one of those things, uh, maybe it's uh, going through something emotional, emotional baggage, or uh, maybe it's uh, grades, or uh, trying to get the right career, or uh, maybe it's relationships with friends, or even in your own relationship with the Lord, I've seen that in myself, just trying to check the boxes to maybe make sure that I'll get more favor from God or for something like that. Um, but as I think about my story with David and that, and that flight, I know that if there was actually a moment where our lives were in danger, David would have corrected the plane. He would have taken care of it. And um, in the same way, as, as, you guys, as, a, as you guys are going through college or for those of you who are graduating who are leaving, um, man, that's who God is. God is a reliable and trustworthy God that we can be authentic with him, that we can be ourselves with him, that we don't have it to have, we don't have to have it together with him. And actually the moments where we trust him, the moments where we surrender to him and depend on him, those are the moments where we experience him the most and experience, um, just like we get to see who he is and we get to treasure experiences and different things like that. And so, um, yeah, that's a little bit, that's all I have to say, but yeah. Give it up for Graham. Well, Graham is one of our, our many seniors that, that are graduating, but for those of you that are sticking around, you will see Graham next year because he is doing a little thing called the residency, and he'll be, he'll be working here with the college ministry, so you'll be seeing a lot more of Graham. Speaking of the residency, can we get our residents up right here, Kennedy, Eiley? Guys, you don't even know the half of it. 
Y'all, our ministry ran the way it did this year because of these two. Small groups wouldn't have been the same. Sunday nights wouldn't have been the same. None of it would have been the same without you. You guys are truly, truly a huge answer to prayer, and our lives are completely changed for the better because of both of you. So can we give it up for Kennedy and Eileen? And now for our, for our seniors, if you're a senior in the room, will you stand up real quick? If you're a senior. Hey, if you are close to a senior, will you at least just like kind of reach your hand out? I wanna pray for our seniors as they head off into the world. Good luck. <laughs> just kidding, bow your hands with me. Father, we, we thank you for, for the lives in this room, specifically these seniors that are headed out into the real world, Lord. I pray that they would be Jesus to their coworkers, Lord, that, that you would take them and that you would use them, that they would buy into your great commission, that they would see you as king, as Lord, and that they would go out into a broken and hurting world carrying your gospel. I pray that Northwest Arkansas would be changed. I pray that this country would be changed. And I pray that the world would be changed by, by and through them, Lord. Would you just continue to use them and work in them? Would you stay close to them? Would you never leave their side? And would they continue to follow you for the rest of their days? And so we love you and pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, let's stand and continue to sing and celebrate together.
the perishable puts on the imperishable, the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me. Oh, I see his wounds, his hands, his feet. My Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears. They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone. Messiah still in
Father, may we not forget. May we be mindful. May we, may we remember what you have done for us. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that he has indeed conquered sin and death. He is the crucified king, the king who reigns over this earth, but who reigns humbly in grace and in mercy, who stoops to bend up the broken, who reaches down to rescue the lost. So Jesus, we, we give you praise as our king, because man, you're the only one worthy of it. So would that be the, the mantra of our hearts and our lives? And we ask this in your name, Jesus, our king. Amen. Hey, just for you tonight, let me ask you, before the night's over, so we shared tonight some, and before the night's over, get with a couple people, maybe while you're eating ice cream, and just share, how's the Lord been good? Could be a big thing, could be a small thing. Just, let's just continually offer a sacrifice of praise. For those of you that are graduating, and for those of you that, that this is your, uh, this has become your church home, it's, it's an honor for us as our team just to get to pastor you guys and be a part of your lives and point you to Jesus. He's worth it. He really is. So with that in mind, ice cream is waiting. Get on out there. We'll, we'll stick around tonight. You got the, the, the photo bus is out there as well. Go hang with your friends. We'll see you out there. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for coming.